What the hell, people? Hello and welcome to episode number 184 of Grumpy Old Benz for Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the mayor says F Clarence Thomas as she's ducking bullets and walking over all of the dead bodies and just, you know, kind of ignoring them. And from America's left coast, where summer has come and gone, I'm Ryan Bemrose. Well, summer's already over. Wow. Yeah, we had we had three days of over 80 degree temperatures, which let me tell you, for the Pacific Northwest is sweltering. That's more than you deserve. And when you don't and have air conditioning. Now, <laughs> now it's overcast and, and 58 and, uh, you know, occasional raining, which is is much more normal. And, uh, you know, we're good with that. Well, yeah, because you don't have air conditioning. So the places that don't have air when it gets to be 80 and 90 degrees, uh, that's no fun. So you got to get a portable unit. I I have a portable unit. It's called a fan. Okay. It it works on sweat technology. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But you have to be, uh, you know, have it right in front of you and you have to be covered with liquid. Well, I trust me. I got that. Excellent. <laughs> Temperature gets up to 80 in here. Trust me. I'm covered in liquid. Anyway, nobody wants to hear about my sweaty body. Are you so, sure? Nobody, nobody at all. Anybody? I, my wife is not currently in the room and there's nobody else who that, that I'm willing to admit. It is a very small demographic. And as long as we're being easily distracted, I just looked over at NAS and cold acid says vulva is a funny sounding word. I don't know if he's listening to this show or not. I think that if you want to find out more about that, you listen to cold acid show, which is called rare encounter, but it's been going on way too long. And so it can't be all that rare. Yeah, it's not very rare anymore. They've got there's over 100 of them. How can that be rare? I don't know. And we are also easily distracted when people send in large money in boostergrams, but that are hasn't people, happened yet. People today. sending money. Oh, wait, somebody distract <laughs> me, please. <laughs> right. Send in the boosts. So uh, how about things out there in in Politico tech world? What a, a, I'm segueing to a topic. I don't know which topic, though, because I actually didn't make notes right before this show. I spent the last two hours making my other podcast, Angry Tech News. Oh, that and takes I don't way too long. I have a workflow. No, that takes way too long. You need to shorten that workflow up. Yeah. You need to just I, get well, angry. What I need to do is come to Angry Tech News just as unprepared as I come to this one, and then the show will be much longer. <laughs> no, it'd be much shorter. It's like, hi, I'm Ryan Bemrose. We'll see you next week for another edition of, wait, but there was no content in the middle. Now you just cut and paste it. Just pretend. <laughs> What has there ever been content? It's a, there's a lot of content, but it's hard to find content that is totally devoid of the stuff going on in the world. Although there were some things that I thought was interesting, uh, including it just in the browser world, because we've beaten this uh, topic to death about which browsers are better to use, which ones are really bad, uh, which ones are better for privacy and uh Firefox. Internet Explorer forever. Right. 
I mean, that's just, they finally got killed, right? I mean, IE, I think, is yes. finally dead. But Edge, man. Uh, uh, yes, but but now it enters the undead phase of its life where it sits <laughs> in, in corporate IT forever because there's always that one app that didn't quite work on Edge and and it's absolutely mission critical. And, you know, the, so the, every, every company's got the one thing that, that the programmer who wrote it is gone. They've left the company long since, but their entire infrastructure will come crumbling down if it stops working and it only works in the one breath. So of course, IE will continue its existence undead for years to come. Well, why doesn't Microsoft do to that what they did to Adobe's Flash and go, Oh, you got it. You can't have it. We're automatically just boot pulling it from your system. Uh, they sort of have. Uh, it was never in Windows 11. It was always Edge. And in uh, Windows 10, they've now put in a hook that if you launch Internet Explorer without a and you're not on like an enterprise uh, type of Windows or whatever, then it will hijack that launch and actually take you to Edge instead. Oh, well, that's nice of them. See, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, subverting user choice is always the way to go. Well, when the old program is uh, uh, riddled uh, with crap malware looking for bad stuff. uh, Well, you know, again, this is the issue, as you said, with a lot of companies where, wait, we're supposed to update what? I don't understand. Uh, Or when you do have software that only works in one browser that I mean, I remember websites like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? There's a ton of websites out there right now out on the public web that do that. The thing is, the the one browser they work in is Chrome and everybody has that. So it's all good. But I did. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll be just flocking back towards Firefox as they put in a new feature, which will strip all of the tracking parameters from the most popular sites. And I'm sure this is something that has to be done on a site-by-site basis, because I don't think even an uh, AI is smart enough, but they know when you block click origin on, knows how to do it. Yeah. Well, when you click on the, uh, it's because it's a site-by-site thing. So they know if it's a Facebook link and there's whatever added to it, like, Ooh, this is a tracking part. It will strip the tracking part before it lets you click it, which I think is a good thing. In theory. I mean, one Until of the advantages to, one of the advantages to doing something on a site by site basis and having control over the site list is that you can, uh, for, for sufficient, uh, motivation to Ching, you can go ahead and put in exceptions. Yes. Oh, that's it. There is no question about it that a part of this is, well, you know, our big bad blocking system could be, uh, because otherwise they'd use easy list. You know, Firefox had this technology built in. To an extension, which was most popular extension ever, uh, it, it, every ad blocker that uses Easy List has this automatically. And Firefox went, and I mean, you know, well before Chrome decided to do this manifest thing that we talked about last week, Firefox switched over to the Quantum Engine and broke every older uh, plugin, including a bunch of the ones like the. You know, they broke no script, although they, you know, they broke you block. They broke. It turns out a lot of them finally got rewritten, but some of the some of the really powerful ones never came back. And now Firefox is like, oh, you know, people care about the the plugin. So or, I'm sorry, are the extensions or add on? Firefox yeah, calls it. They keep changing. Whatever. Yeah, we know anyway, what they are. I don't know where I'm going with this, but they're security yeah, risks. That's what they usually are. 
I kind of broke with Firefox for quite a while when when they switched over to their Quantum Engine, and then I stuck with Pale Moon for a while, uh, who forked the Gecko Engine and it became Gowana, which is Firefox without Rust. Sorry, might be getting too detailed. <laughs> like I've had coffee this morning. The uh, Sup Yo Chimp uh, Boostergram bring back Netscape Navigator. Yeah, the original. I used Netscape Navigator back in the I day. Used that back, yeah. That was back in the days well, of Gopher. I, I, I <laughs> used Mosaic when I was in in high school, and they and they worked. And that's when websites were beautiful. They were mainly just text with links, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. It was, or or when they got really the really really fancy sites had images on them. Right, but and, it took and the forever. images were. The the images were the ones where you could count the pixels. They used all the dithering to get different grayscales and right because it took forever to download something that large which uh yeah you know back then there was no internet porn it was very hard to get now well, boom. there was ascii porn i know that off of bbs's that was way before b yeah that was bbs's and before on old mainframes when it's like well just print this out man it'll look really cool <laughs> and it didn't no it, it did not porn. i mean it was really kind of cool as an art form that you could take letters and numbers and symbols and when it was printed out make it look like something but beyond that uh i think we're all happy that there's actual jpegs and videos on the internet now rather than uh than ascii although uh i will say there was one use case for the ascii porn that i would never have got away with with the uh with a a real image and that was i printed out a a pinup calendar and had it on the wall of my office at work. And nobody's like, who cares? It's, it's, it's just well, uh, letters. People, I mean, people raised eyebrows, but what are they going to do? They're like, uh, they're like, you know, is that a picture of, no, it's just text. Right. Look closer. That's all it is. <laughs> it's text. What do you mean? It just, it just happens to look like something else. It's art. Exactly. We like art. I, uh, I was only warned by HR once. I'm like, well, you know, what are you going to do to me? Once was enough. <laughs> He's not going to I never took it down. Well, I did. I took, took it down when I left the company. Like, screw you. You guys don't get this. Yeah, well, you have, to, you have to take your personal belongings with you as they uh, have security escort you from the premises. Something like that. Uh, let's see. We also had here that uh, the FBI claiming that stolen P2 data and deep fakes used to apply for remote tech jobs, that this is a huge problem right now. And I thought it was kind of an interesting concept because I don't, I guess never really thought about the fact that all of this remote work and all of this kind of a thing. I always assume that 99% of the companies out there, if they were going to hire somebody would still interview them in person, but I guess maybe not. No, that no, this, not these days. So it's like, this, especially not in the days of, of COVID lockdowns and work from home. Yeah, I can see that would have maybe I mean, totally changed this. So this now uh, a lot of interviews these days happen on on Zoom or some other kind of conferencing app. And there's now using deep fakes in order to because they're like, well, yeah, if you're watching in the, uh, you know, the Zoom call or whatever they're using that, well, you could see there are some, you know, issues or maybe the mouth doesn't quite sync up with the image because they're running this thing through a deep fake. So they look like somebody else to get, they're getting jobs, which is 
hilarious, I guess. But are they doing the jobs? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, you I know, guess- probably just as well as the millennials and Zoomers that are getting hired these days. That may be true, but they're I, then they're I, using. I'm, I'm judging. I'm not. I'm not casting aspersions on a whole generation. I Maybe. am judging entirely based on the quality of software coming out of Silicon Valley these days. That's all you're getting. Yeah, pretty much. To me, I just find this to be hilarious. Well, they may be doing the job. What they're really doing is trying to get access to all of these systems to then commit crimes. And it's a hell of a lot easier to get in once they're like, oh, okay, you're hired. Here's our VPN access to our main server. (laughs) It's a hell of a lot easier than hacking your way in. Sure. I guess. I mean, I said this was something when we talked about deep fakes years ago, this one wasn't even on my radar that you would be using this to fool a company into giving you a job. You know what this is the precursor for? Because every single company has software that now takes fully automated updates that the user doesn't even have to be around for. This makes a fantastic precursor to a supply chain attack. You can get every one of the company's customers by just sneaking some code into the auto update and everybody trusts. And I use that word in air quotes, uh, all updates because of course it came from the software that I'm already installed. Yeah. Well, this is the concept. Now we talked about, I think a year or two ago, the, Oh, well, somebody had the audio. You don't even need the video. I mean, now maybe it's a little harder because you're doing video calls and some of this stuff, but it was just the audio calls of, well, it sounded like our CEO saying, sell all our stock now. So I, you know, so I did it or whatever it may be, but deep fakes are real. And uh, if you're not paying attention and if you're not putting security protocols into effect at your company, and just because it sounds like the guy running your company calling in saying do X, Y, and Z, that might, cost the company millions or billions of dollars, (laughs) you know, you may want to. uh, I I agree with almost everything you said, except that you used the phrase deep fakes are real. And right. They are. They're real, man. No, they're fake by (laughs) definition. (laughs) No, they're real. You can see them. They're real (laughs) deep fakes. The real deep fakes are way better than the fake deep fakes. The the fake deep reels. Right. Boobery says, oh, fuck, you're going to make me grumpy with a 10,000 sat boost. Well, that's what we're here for, I think. I'm oh, never sure. It's like uh, Planet Rage with Larry. We're never sure if we're supposed to be causing or relieving rage with Grumpy Old Ben's. Are we supposed to be causing grumpiness or re- deleting? Well, see, that's my secret. I'm always grumpy. See, then you come here to give some of that okay. grumpy to the universe. Okay. I, as as long as we're talking deep fakes and and computer generated garbage. Oh, so you I have to bring about up the a gripe from. I have to bring up a gripe. This came up yesterday, but it's been the last four days or so. If if you have been spending any amount of time on Mastodon, uh, you have seen a a new fad that seems to have hit people. Are you uh, are, are you familiar at all with Doll E Mini? I am not. You are not. Okay, so um, you you are familiar with OpenAI and the the GPT data set, which is they basically created an AI and fed all public internet knowledge into this thing. And then they start carving off subsets and going, let's throw AI at things and see what they do. Right. And, uh, doll E and, uh, more importantly, uh, you know, doll E mini in the case of this, but doll E was taking a huge amount of public images and feeding them into an AI with tags and information. 
And what you can do is you can type a phrase into the search engine and it will, the AI will go off and churn and create a number of images. In fact, there's one at the very top of the NAS timeline right now. I see clowns. It will create a bunch of images that are all AI generated, which blends images from the public domain using the keywords and come up with new candidates for, I don't know what the fuck it's supposed to be, but what it generally looks like is somebody's like blurred nightmare fuel fever dreams <laughs> that you, know, you type any phrase and it's going to use some elements that might have something to do with the phrase and come up with images that will give you nightmares. And so people, you say Stephen King sounds like he might like this for some inspiration. People, and I'm not saying who on NAS have been posting these 24 seven for three fucking days. They are taking shit posting to a new level. You know, the people posting frog memes is it, like, that's kind of almost baseline level of, of shit posting. But these images, I, Anyway, I dug into the technology and the, the, the people who made it really public and, and it kind of went viral, obviously. Um, they created something called doll e mini where they used the public open AI interface and started feeding it these things and created. And then they ended up, uh, in order to, to make sure that they weren't trade, having trademark issues, they changed it to crayon, C R A I Y O N. <laughs> that seems more and invasive I, or more uh, like a, a brand. Well, even the name sounds like a fucking fever dream. But anyway, the technology behind it is absolutely fascinating. The It just takes data sets and blend. It's too bad the blending is terrible because every single one of them looks like, you know, Salvador Dolly's nightmare. But it, it, it's kind of cool that they do this and also kind of freaky that you know, these things are possible. And it just shows you what computers are capable of, which is not quite something I want to look at. And certainly not something I want to look at 300 of every single day. You know, I, you, you can mute people. I, you know, I, I, I said, and I said even on this show last week that I don't block people, but you know what? <laughs> They're really trying to get me to change my mind. And the funny thing is I, I played with the thing and I, I probably shouldn't even give the the URL because people will just post more now that I've said it. I played with it. It's actually fun if I'm the one typing in. Right. But looking at what other people type in, what, fine. You know what? Go play with this stupid thing. Type it in. Laugh at the images that are generated from your own text. But the rest of us don't need to see this shit images that were created from your text. We're not really getting the connection. That's all I'm saying. That's social a little media. bit of a rant, but what the hell, people? Because that's social media. Like, no, I did this. It was funny, so you must know about it. Yeah. It's like, I, I did this, and you're not in <laughs> on the joke, but I'm going to bludgeon you with it 30 times a day now. I had lunch. This is what I had. I'll share a picture. It's, yeah. Well, I did, I did in fact, get uh, one comment said, uh, this is turning Mastodon into Instagram. Now, I don't personally use Instagram, so I don't know exactly what what they were getting at with that but i can guess well yeah it's all going towards image-based rather than garbage text-based right well all like, image-based if the images are good like it, you know when when it was all in your real porn but, it was but then just, the real uh, porn gave way and it was all like anime porn or something lolly images or 
Like, no, no, sorry, not a pedophile, not into the anime porn. Thanks to the rare encounter people. Yeah, you got to watch out for that. But and I don't know. I'm, I, of course, what I use it for the most is, is people posting articles. Please continue spamming those because a lot of them are useful. Where the uh, Mastodon could really do well would be to allow for blocking of certain things, even saying, hey, this user, if there is a photo attached, I don't want to see it. If there's just text, I want I do want to see it. That kind of thing would you know, be nice. It's open source. Learn to code. <laughs> Fix it yourself. Oh. Well, come on. What fun is that? There are so many coders out there and nobody's uh, ever well, even done and- anything to I, I, I've even looked at the Mastodon code like, hey, I wonder if I can add some some stuff to the it's first of all, it's all Ruby on Rails, which is a really, really useful write only language. It is super easy to write. It's expressive. And and then you come back six months later, you're like, I have no idea what this does. And then combine that with the fact that uh, it's quite possibly the most CPU intensive, slow a memory hog framework out there and uh, you understand why nas has to be limited to 10,000 users but no no I, I i would be happier trying to write my own front end to mastodon than try to modify that crap yeah i've never seen a good one which is why i'm still using the web interface and if there is a great for a while with like twitter there were like tweet deck and a few other apps which did a great job compared to what the uh off the rack app did and what the website did i mean with mastodon being an open source you'd think somebody would have come up with a really cool uh version that would be fully um customizable by the end user but no not as of yet no no it's it's fully customizable by by gargron or whatever the hell his name is the the author <laughs> the uh chimp doug gimp <laughs> sent a, a boostergram five thousand sats the grump is inherent to the system. It's in yes. the system. Yeah, it is. And and speaking of being grumpy, are we going to do this all show? If, if we get some boostograms, isn't that fun? Oh. We, we pepper them in <laughs> or do we want to just like leave them all for one little portion to read some off? Uh, you tell me they make me angry. <laughs> well, see, this helps, though. This this may help the uh, the vibe of the show. Maybe bleeping Maybe computer that's it. catching up with a story. LGBTQ plus community warned of extortionists abusing dating apps. And I would just say, welcome to the rest yeah. of our worlds. By extortionists, they mean women, right? I think so. Hey, oh. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Ryan at yes, Grumpy yes. Old Ben's. If, if you have any complaints, com. send them to Adam at, oh. I'm just, it's like, this is nothing new. This has been going on for as long as I can remember that scammers are on all of these, anywhere you're looking to meet people, expect that there's going to be spam um, scammers and spammers we just talked about what's going on with people using deep fakes to get jobs you could be really sure they're also using deep fakes on these dating apps because they're looking for the lonely people and the ones that will start really getting into this conversation with you all of a sudden it's oh yeah, I'm stuck in Russia. I need like twenty thousand cash. <laughs> yes, you know. Yes, I've got I've got uh, eighteen million from this Nigerian prince. Yes, it always happens. It's amazing, but people yeah. fall for this, and it's like you and, and dating apps are are full of people who are 
emotionally vulnerable and much more easy to sucker. Or uh, as, as a wise man once said, all the lonely people, where do they all come from? Yeah, Paul McCartney, 80 years old. Now, Chimp the Gimp boost again. Stop censoring me, Bemrose, with 5,000 cents. <laughs> hey, it's live. This is what live podcasting sounds like. We I, Yes, these days it does. With a stop every 30 seconds for somebody boosting. And if it was a big enough boost, I mean, I would be more than happy. Like, uh, did you hear the last podcast? 5,000 sats is worth about three pennies these days. I know. We really oh. The uh, the last podcasting 2.0 show. Did you catch that by any chance? I have not yet. I'm so far behind on. And the on guy that has donated to some of my shows as well. He's been in the troll room a decent amount. Petar, P-E-T-A-R. Yeah. Came in live with a five million satoshi boost which was like a little over a thousand dollars uh yeah yeah that would i mean you know satoshis aren't worth a hell of a lot but you get enough of them together <laughs> you stack those bitches <laughs> up adam's like oh my god did he break our chain because they have like a limit of like seven yeah million I, on the box <laughs> yeah <laughs> flood some channels that way yeah like we were this was never meant to carry that kind of money but it did and it didn't break and i thought one yeah. that was amazing as somebody who set up my own node, that is a problem I would love to have to solve. Uh-huh. Millions of Satoshi streaming in. Either they, you can't fit them all in. They're just coming in so fast. It's like, that is I, the beauty I, of I it. I have, you know, in, in all of my time podcasting, I have never managed to provoke Adam or, or whoever to, oh, there, there has never been a channel from, to me, from any of the podcasting 2.0. Most of my channels come from, from very kind donors like, uh, you know, uh, Servo. Uh, and uh, Sir Spencer and uh, C Dubs, but I'm pretty sure that all of their channels would be flooded out if somebody tried to do that to me. So if you're going to do that, let's let's go ahead and spread it out. Right, do it a little bit at a time, or send fiat. I'm good with that too. Yeah, but PayPal still works okay. for that. Uh, but according to the FTC, this is nothing again new. The criminals pose as romantic partners on these dating apps. Then they send you an explicit photo and say, hey, send me one, too. And is the explicit photo a deep fake or just a regular fake? It could be either one. I don't think it really matters. No. I'm, I'm guessing it's just another one they found off like a fappening or something, you know, where you get a bunch of these uh, sure. photos out there, there. There's plenty of pictures out there. Yeah. And a lot of people don't recognize, I guess, you know, Amber Heard or, uh, you know, half these other women that have. Uh, the- the most transparent lie on the internet. This is me in lingerie. Right. Somebody's going to clip that out and make it the cold open. I'm pretty sure. And I really don't even understand bleeping computer. Why this is just talking about the LGBTQ plus community. Cause it happens to all communities. I've covered stories where high school kids have fallen for this recently guys and then killed themselves because of it, which it's like, Wait. again, parents, come on. People who were recently guys, yeah, well, I, they're now dead, but uh, people okay. who, and I, uh, you know, Instagram, this is happening too. So this isn't just dating apps. This is happening on, happening on Instagram where, you know, you're just sitting there, you're just trolling on your gram or whatever it is that way. That sounds like you're trolling on your grandma. That would be trolling <laughs> grannies as a whole different that's a show. Completely different kind of porn. And I thank you to not discuss that here. <laughs> is that, is that, wait, is that covered uh, cold acid? If you're out there, is that covered on rare encounter trolling grannies? I don't know. Uh, if there's a place for it, I, <laughs> if there's a place that's rare, rare encounter, it's, it's not dot net weekdays, week wins, so Wednesdays. That's what they're doing. They do the thing. 
Yeah. You're so horrible. Why do you always have to pick on their poor show? It's because they always picked on this one. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is. That's a good point. <laughs> they started it. Uh, but I mean, this is horrible when you, if, you know, these teenage boys, especially that are falling for this, just a little hint. If a hot female sends you a naked photo on Instagram that you don't know who she is in person in real life, she's not real. Just want to let you know. And do, and, and do there's only send. one appropriate response. Tits or GTFO. Right. And do not send pictures of yourself back. Send just as much of a deep fake back. And that way you can't be yes. then um, held up for money from because uh, that's where this all goes. It's like, well, they send you a nudie. They get you to send them a nudie. And then they're like, ha ha. I know who you are. And with, you know, this is slightly more damaging i would guess to the lgbtq plus community if they are not out that they were these people that are then extorting them are using that as a way to also get them to pay the money not only do we have a nude of you but we're going to out you to your family friends and workmates so jokes on them i sent a picture of jason momoa <laughs> well yeah they open that they deserve whatever they get <laughs> But this is it. It's like, don't fall for stuff on the Internet. How? Why? I can't even believe this is still happening. But I guess it's because, one, people are stupid and they're like, gullible. Ding, ding, ding. Uh-huh. And parents don't really teach their kid the important stuff. Like, don't be stupid on the Internet. Well, it's a lesson that parents didn't learn. Right. They are now, maybe. So that's. Uh, it's I mean, one. I came from the generation where, of course, uh, you, know, you and I. We were the ones who told our parents how to, how computers worked, right? Because there weren't computers in the fifties, right? Do not do this. Do not send. And now yeah. that everybody's got the phone, this isn't even. Uh, yeah. See, the the person you're talking to, uh, nobody. But what was the the line out of the the famous one out of the New Yorker magazine that kind of ushered in the era of of internet fakes? It was uh, uh on the internet. Nobody knows you're a dog. Probably, yeah. Well, and now a dog is that'd be novel. That'd be like, oh, oh, my God, I'm talking to a real living organism. Yeah. Better than the all of the AI bots that are out there trying to yeah. separate you from your Bitcoin. I mean, not that Bitcoin's worth anything. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the Bitcoin scams are probably on the down low these days because uh, they're not worth the I don't know. The FTC advises the LGBTQ plus dating app users not to share explicit photos with people they've just met. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. How okay, you hey, give that to everybody. Question. Yeah. Do you think Bitcoin's coming back? Uh, I think it's 50 50. Really? I mean, I, I can see a case for it. It's going to depend, I think, on a couple major things. One is the White House fairly recently has put a thing out that's again and i a thing you know a it wasn't an official uh you know presidential decree or anything but there was you know a memo put out from the white house like we're looking at this crypto stuff because we think maybe it needs to be regulated because you know to help to help keep people safe from all of the yeah. scammers out there there's, this, again, there's this a thing there's a thing in the world that we don't control. So we think it needs to be regulated. That's kind of the official government position. Right. Because people are stupid and they'll send their nudie photos. It's the same thing with Bitcoin, which is, oh, wait, somebody scammed you out of your Bitcoin. Oh, we should be able to get that back for you. No, fuck you. Well, I mean, there there have been countless stories, many of which I've covered on my other show, that where 
Uh, people are, are slowly waking up to the reality that, hey, when you use a decentralized currency that is intentionally designed so the government can't screw with it, it means you don't get FDIC insurance. Right. <laughs> if, if you, if you lose it, there's nobody going to come back and be like, now, now, shame, shame. You shouldn't have got caught out like that. Here's your stuff back. Now try again. No, it's gone. And that's the Seth way it Green should work. Seth Green learned that one. It was awesome. <laughs> it's like, that's the way it should work. You have to, and you know, again, this is a good time to tell people this is where you have to educate yourself and be responsible for your own actions. I know that's not popular. Well, it's not even known. Again, you were talking to parents. <laughs> yes. Parents aren't teaching their kids. That's the big lesson that that parents these days really just never learned. And therefore, the kids are not. Like the the kids don't even know that that's a possibility. Like, what do you mean I could be responsible? Right. It, it's something maybe uh, if if you're a responsible parent, that's what they would it's, be doing. It's when 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 you've geared your entire society to focus entirely on safety. Safe, you know, like Larry loves that word, safety, safety. Yes. and compliance. Yeah. When when your entire society, every single thing in your society, from the laws that people make to the products and tools that they ban, to uh, the the requirements for what kind of labels you can put on something like, you know, uh, do not lick chainsaw. Uh, when, when your whole society is built around protecting people from their own retardation, then nobody is, everybody's going to grow up going, well, of course there's bumpers on everything. I can never go wrong. I can do whatever the hell I want. That's why we have kids going out and eating Tide Pods because uh -huh. they're like, well, if it wasn't safe, they'd put a warning on it or something, wouldn't they? Well, it's why the amount of overdose deaths have skyrocketed in Oregon ever since they went, hey, we're not going to put you we're not going to put you in jail if you have hard drugs. No, that's le anything drugs you want legal. This sounds like a self-correcting problem. <laughs> it is. It really is. It's a self-cleaning racetrack is what it is, because the people that are dumb will overdose, and then you won't have a drug problem anymore. Oh, there's, there's another good one. Murray Ann in the troll room says, keep penis out of crazy. See, there should be a label on the Amber Herds of the world. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, there was a time that she was hot enough that the crazy didn't matter. But she is really hot and very nice to look at, but that's all I have any desire to do these days. And the question with her, with that came down to, would anybody actually believe her over Johnny Depp? Because he is, even though everybody knows he's a drunken rabscallion, you know, he really is kind of a Jack Sparrow character in real life, but everybody seems to like him. So did Amber Heard ever have a fair opportunity for a jury yeah. to not side with Johnny Depp? And I don't really care one way or the other, but it's an interesting no, I, thing to it, look at. I actually regret bringing up the name because I really have <laughs> no interest in even learning any of the details of the case. I managed to avoid it while the case was on. Now, um, I will tell you that anybody, everybody likes like that has got to have a dark side. Oh, yeah. There's no question about that. The uh, other thing besides the White House looking at it, because that could go either way. If the White House and our government in the United States says, Okay, we're going to regulate crypto, but it's going to be a very hands off, a very light touch. That would be very good for crypto, where the opposite would also kill it if the White House came in and the government says, well, now all crypto is going to be subject to X, Y and Z, which will never happen. And then crypto I, will die. I'm going to need a lot more evidence for your 
suggestion that anything that this White House could do well, not this would have any beneficial benefits whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, this White House, no, we're fucked. But I mean, the, eventually we might have a president that knows what they're doing. I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm not hopeful. The other thing that I think could really help Bitcoin and then all of the shit coins along with it is the fact that it seems Elon is taking control of Twitter. It seems like that is moving forward. And he has talked about wanting to, because let's remember, Elon Musk became a billionaire for one reason, and that is he started PayPal. So Elon knows a lot about getting money from you to me and me to you. He he also, he started uh, a number of companies. Uh, Elon's big superpower is finding places where the government is handing out money and putting himself in that location. I like that idea. Yeah, I I wish I had the ability. I'd be a billionaire. Start following then I Elon. Be podcasting. Yeah, be like, where where's Elon today? I'm going. I want to stand right next to him. But he talked about wanting to turn Twitter into a payment platform because they're like, well, everybody's using Twitter. No, well, not you, but everybody else I, is using Twitter. I, I I mean, that's Waymo, isn't it? Well, kind of. But he wants to integrate that payment capability directly into Twitter, which to me would say if he's using the crypto, which is what it seems it would be Bitcoin based, maybe lightning based, because that would make sense as well. But if it's based off something like that, I think that is a big boon. If people can easily, because with podcasting 2.0, love the idea that people can boost us Satoshis, but it is a process of well, you have to take your fiat cash. You have to take that somewhere, not physically. Well, you could because there are some ATMs that do it. But overall, you have to find a place online that will take oh, yeah. your credit card or your checking account information and turn that into Bitcoin. And then you have to turn that Bitcoin into Satoshis and then put that into a wallet where then you can send that to your favorite oh, podcast. from seamless. Right. It's not Although seamless I- at all. I would argue that the real challenge is not finding someone online who wants to take your credit card number, but finding someone online who wants to take your credit card number and then only charging for the things you ask them to. No, no, we charge like 20 times what people ask us to. It it really makes our revenue much better here. You're talking about grumpy old Ben's right? Hell yes. That's that's I mean, come on. We know the system, but I think that would be huge if it came down to, Hey, okay. We just went out to lunch. You owe me five bucks for lunch. And rather than anything else, you just go into your Twitter account and put send five bucks. And the onboarding would be the main thing, which if Twitter can go, hey, just give us your credit card number. And anytime you need to reload, it's kind of like my parents have the Starbucks card. You know, if it drops under 20 bucks, it reloads with 20 more. I think that would be a boon for the crypto. I I, want to be clear about something. I do not dislike. Technologies like the ability to just swipe your phone and pay. The convenience is always very nice and it enables a number of interactions that is just a lot harder to do when you have to fumble with coins or, or do, you know, jump through all the hoops and stuff. The reason, the main reason why I am skeptical of just about every new platform of one kind or another that promises convenience is because if you dig into every single one of them, There's always a single person or a single organization at the top who has the ability to absolutely screw you with impunity if you put your trust in this platform. And uh, the real promise of, of actual decentralized 
cryptocurrency is it, it is impossible for any one person to do that. In fact, uh, I'm skeptical that even someone as highly placed as the White House would be able to really shut down Bitcoin, um, although they can certainly make it a lot harder to use. But well, what they do is they just say, well, this is now a felony if you own any, if you buy any, if you sell any, if you trade any, which they, they can't yeah. stop it. But if you they, are then they made, caught, they made it a felony to make copies of digital songs, too. And, and you know, a shiver me timbers me hearty. Oh, I have a whole story about that, of how lawyers at Harvard now are like, yeah, digital piracy is not really stealing, which I thought was no, fantastic. It's never been. <laughs> There's a changing of the guard just on the way people think of that, though. It's interesting to uh, yeah, the because now the people who are running all of these official organizations are the ones who grew up going, you know, I really like that music. And and it sure was a lot easier to get by by pirating than it was by purchasing well and this is the problem with the hulu and spotify and netflix systems which is well you pay a service to stream all you want whether it's audio or video but then it becomes quite possible that right well you don't pay them that's why they're better but (laughs) with these services oh well then all of a sudden your favorite shows or your favorite music disappears from the service that's when people are like wait where's where's my Beatles or where's my Taylor Swift or where's my friends or where's the, the absolute office? Worst thing about every streaming service is when content disappears. It, it is, it is a hundred times better if the content, you know, even if people are screaming, I really, really want the latest James Bond movie or whatever. And it is better to say we never had it. And like, Oh, I'm sorry. You can't watch this period. than it is to say here, you can watch it, but in two weeks you can't. Right. Especially if you start watching a series and you don't know. Oh, my. Yes. That you're halfway in. It's like, oh, wait, that switch from uh, Hulu to Netflix. So you'll have to go there now. Yeah. What was it? Was might have been might have been Game of Thrones. Well, there, there was some really big HBO series that was it was only available for streaming for one month. I don't think it was Game of Thrones. I'm not going to you know what? I'm not going to rack my brain. You can just imagine it was that. What was but this is only available for one month. And I went and watched like the first two seasons and then kind of got sidetracked and then came back and I'm like, oh, this is disappearing tomorrow. And I'm like, I've got five seasons left. There's literally not enough time. Can I just watch on 4X speed? Right. It's a lot easier to do with audio. The video gets harder. Yeah. Where's where's the save all button? <laughs> Pirate Bay. <laughs> that's, uh... <laughs> yes. Yes. That's where it is. <laughs> And uh, that's exactly why. And I mean, this is how it all I was looking to pull a clip from a television show that had just dropped on Hulu, which I thought was a really good show. The ending uh, was one of those like it seemed like they really uh, hurried up to tie a lot of things together. And the ending wasn't the best, but it was a great show otherwise called The Bear on Hulu. It was put out by FX. It was the one kid that played Lip on Shameless. A lot of people, I'm sure, have watched Shameless over the years. And he comes back to Chicago. His brother had killed himself. The brother was running an Italian beef shop. And this was a really, I thought, interesting look into the kitchen because from people, this, although not anymore, everything's woke now. Is is Italian beef, is that a euphemism for porn? Kind of. It should be because that's like the number one sandwich in Chicago, but it's a big, greasy, wet Italian beef with uh, jardinera on it. And that could be our cold open, too. Yeah, there you go. 
I mean, I we I went out yesterday for one because I'm like after watching the show, I was like, I haven't had an Italian beef in a while, and I really want one. But it was a, I think, a fairly realistic look at a kitchen. You know, up until the woke times with just the rage and the screaming and the interactions that people have. So I wanted to pull a clip. Everybody thinks they're Gordon Ramsay. Exactly. I mean, this was basically kind of Gordon Ramsay to a whole new level. And I wanted to pull a clip, but because it's on Hulu, it's like, well, what are you going to try to do? Like stream it and then catch that one little thing. No, I downloaded the episodes and then just edited them to pull out the audio that sure i wanted way easier and if if i pull clips i actually stream them and then i just grab from the output in uh in audacity which is great because i think that's the same way that dvorak does it because you can always remember to mute no agenda social beforehand (laughs) all these things going on in the background like no um but this was from torrent freak an in-depth study among 50 harvard lawyers shows that downloading and streamed Pirate content, pirated content is now widely tolerated and even supported by some. It is certainly not seen as a form of theft by these legal experts. Based on these findings, the researchers call for a paradigm shift where entertainment providers focus more on convenience, accessibility and affordability, which is what we've said all along. You you can't call for a paradigm shift. It either happens (laughs) or it doesn't. They want one, though. What you can call is for a legal shift, because even if. Everybody in the world is kind of okay with, you know, pirating from, you know, with, with denying profits to these corporations who are so put down that, you know, they, they can hardly make ends meet Disney or who. No, everybody's fine with that already, but it's still illegal. Well, all of this stuff, it used to be back in the day, back when we were kids, when all you had was free television. All of the content in the world was free. It was just appointment viewing. Then, yeah, you know, uh, I mean, it was still technically illegal to copy. Well, not yeah. for your own personal use. It, although there were cases where people tried to, uh, I mean, this was a big thing when the uh, Betamax and the VHS first came out, where it was like, oh my god, you can't have these. You can, you oh can, yeah, you could record television shows. That is madness. I'm pretty sure that went to the Supreme Court. Uh, like one of the big production companies, Sony probably uh, took to the Supreme court saying, we can't have this technology called the VCR because people will pirate our content. Yes. Because it was so, it was so convenient to have them on crappy two forty P VHS tapes that uh, you could maybe give to your friend. But if you made a copy of a copy, this is like audio cassettes. Everybody that was, living in our time as kids where you would take oh, a, yeah, analog copies. Yes. Take a cassette to a cassette to a cassette by like the fourth cassette. It's like with maybe a little music somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, digital yes. changed all of that. Yeah. 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 It, it, the, the big thing people saying, well, uh, you know, you can't make a copy of a copy because you'll lose it. it, it uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, they digital I mean, changed all that. I was very intrigued by the technology that they used early on with the videotapes. I think by the end it was gone, although maybe I'm wrong, but they used to have encoding things where if you tried to copy a videotape, even though you were just taking, as you're talking about doing with audacity now and just taking the audio out and recording what came in, you could take a videotape and you could run that into the output 
into and rather than your TV into another VCR and yeah. try to copy that. And it didn't work. The video we, was we, all mucked up. Oh, we did that back in the day. And, uh, you know, my, my dad, who was the one who taught me how to pirate, how to demux. Uh, we, we had, uh, we had, well, first of all, our living room, when I was a kid, we had the, the TV set, which people don't understand with their wall mounted flat panels these days. The TV set was straight up a piece of furniture and it was a large one, the same as a bookcase or a couch. Um, this was the TV set that was like four feet by three feet by three feet, just big fucking wooden cube. And, you know, if you ever opened that thing, you would probably be electrocuted to death. Oh, yeah. But there there are some um, nice capacitors inside those things. Oh, the, yeah. But <laughs> uh, sitting on top of it, we had two VCRs and uh, we learned early on. And, and by we, like I was just, you know, staring at my dad learning, but he was the one who, who really got into how do you do tape to tape recording. Um, the The situation we'd always had was the video rental store a mile away, you go down, you'd rent a movie for the night. You'd start up both VCRs, one playing the tape, one with a blank tape that had the input and output. The output was connected to the TV. You watch the movie and you've got a copy at the Allegedly. end. Allegedly. I, I, I mean, I, I think the statute of limitations is over on that one. Yes, I think Plus so. the tapes have all degraded after 30 years in the garage. So it's not like there's any evidence, but what we realized is that they had put some kind of static or something on there is a copy protect. You were just talking about uh-huh. um, macro vision or something. They call yeah, it. That, that's exactly what it was that all of the newer VCRs would immediately pick up and just dump garbage into the recording because it was, if I recall the technology and I might be off on this, I, I, I seem to remember it was some kind of a very high frequency static that was filtered out when it got to the CRT so people couldn't see it, but it was on the tape and encoding it onto the tape would amplify it, which resulted in the copy being crap. Does that sound right? It makes sense. And I remember there was a little device you could put in between that would filter whatever it was out. Well, our solution was the video, the VCR that we played the tape on was from 1986. Or eighty four, eighty, or what? It was. Oh, so you, it was a much older them, one. Yeah. It was a much older one that had a much crappier picture and could not pick up any of the higher frequency stuff. Yeah, Sir Spud the Mighty says it screwed up the sync, which also makes sense. You know, it was just oh, was that it making it un- uh, which uh, timing is I mean, everything. In in the eighties, to learning about this, I, I was not the tech giant that you see now because I was ten. But it was a beautiful, I mean, to see them trying to take this technology and put in these, we saw what happened when the CD industry did it, which was, uh, they tried it for like six months, I think it was. And it was like, oh, no, we better, we better stop this and well, give, uh, give okay, new CDs. CDs I know a little more about the, the place they fucked up with CDs was, was publishing a public standard called Redbook, which was unencrypted, uh, data, the, the data on the CD which was locked down by standard. You could not change this. The The actual audio data on the CD was unencrypted PCM bits, which meant uh, they got no DMCA protection and anything that could read a CD, which everything, had, you know, once CD-ROMs came out, everything had to be able to read a CD, could read the unencrypted bits and just play them. You know, what you do is you rip the, the whole track off the CD 
You take the raw bits, you put them on the hard drive, and you slap .wav on the end, and it plays. Because it was just an unencrypted, uh, pulse-coded, modulated bit. Um, They could never undo that because CDs were became a standard before they started realizing that they needed to encrypt it. So when CDs, you know, CDs lasted for a really long time and they couldn't replace them because they were superior to a lot of the other, they kept, you know, they kept coming, trying to come up with, uh, you know, DVD audio because the DVD right. standard had encryption built in and uh, it never worked. It took forever to replace CDs. I don't think they were able to do it until they came up with streaming. And the problem with a lot of the encryption, as they saw, even back in the early days of computing, like on the old Apple IIe, was if you could copy the disk bit by bit, it didn't really matter if the encryption was there because it would still work as it was supposed to because you made an exact copy of the disk. Yes. So CDs the same way. Well, as long as you can make an exact copy. Oh, the yeah, the drive emulators, that happened too. Uh-huh. Oh, there is as much as anybody tries to stop you from doing something. Somebody else is going to figure out how to get around it. Uh, exactly. And the, the more important thing is uh, if, if you are in a, a greedy corporation trying to do a DRM scheme, there are assuming that your product appeals to more than three people. And I'm thinking in, in my head about video games, because that's what I pirated the crap out of back then. There are a lot more people trying to break your encryption than there are people trying to create it, to, to enforce it. Do you think there is more piracy or less now that we've moved away from a business model where they were providing you with the software on physical disks, whether that be floppies or CDs, DVDs, to now when a vast, vast majority of it is downloaded? Which one's easier to pirate? Software piracy? Yeah. You think there's I more venture, or less? I would venture to say that, uh, well, it's, it's difficult because, uh, it, you know, of the software, the software that is still on the, the you give us money and we'll give you bits model, I think is pirated far more now that you don't need uh, physical stuff. Like I don't need to install the, the CD emulator driver on my Windows 8 machine anymore. Right. Well, there was a lot of software, if you remember, that was like put in disk number eight from your set in order for it to load up. I've got I've got a number (laughs) of games from back then that I would still love to play. But, you know, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, we can't detect the Securom driver. I'm like, yeah, that's because I'm not putting that fucking rootkit on this system. (laughs) That's because the software is 50 years old now. Yeah. And oh, and, and by the way. Uh, some of the things where they're like, we have to install a driver on your system to watch what you're doing and make sure that you're not doing something that might compromise our software. Oh, by the way, yeah, it also degrades performance for the whole system. That was a winning fucking move. Your behavior must be watched. You are not. But the reason why I would almost go with there is less overall piracy today is because the vast majority of software the bits are kind of handed out free and they come up with other ways like, you know, here pirate this all you want. It's going to display ads while you're in it. Right. Well, as long as it is reasonably priced, I think most people have gotten to the point and this was the whole gist of this article on torrent freak with the music business. If people can get what they want at a reasonable price, 
like we talked about, I think in the last episode, me getting a new bit defender for 10 devices for a year through Amazon was like 25 bucks. It's like, that's a no brainer. Yeah. I'm not, not? going to pirate something for 25 bucks. You, you might go out and get nine more devices for that. Price. <laughs> right. You know, but for things like, uh, you know, Photoshop, which I do my monthly thing because I get the, the lesser rate. You're, you're I, monthly downloading pirate downloading the updates. Oh, because I've got a friend who's a teacher who doesn't care about using Adobe. So I'm just kind of on that coattail. So I'm paying, but I'm paying a lesser that's rate. The racket. You know, so that's good. But if it was like, hey, you have to pay fifteen hundred bucks for this, then I understand <laughs> why people are pirating. And there was some of these audio filters that I've been playing around with that are like that much. And it's like, well, no, I would never pay that. But I definitely understand why why people yeah. would pirate. Yet, if you told me I could just buy these once for like fifty or a hundred bucks, I'd be like, no brainer, because that would be worth it to me. You know, all of this would be solved if copyrights only lasted five years. Would it? I mean, they would still be trying no. to put. Uh, they would try to be putting the things in no, there. Not all of it. To not uh, let you get it. Uh, I don't know why Amducious has uh, boosted twice with hashtag swamp ass summer and butt pirates. So I don't know. Uh, I think I think Amducious may be drinking or smoking. I I hope so. Maybe one or the other. One Makes or the me other. want to drink. Yeah. I mean, we should drink. I mean, it's a later show now. At least it's not like a morning <laughs> show. It's an um, afternoon show. It'd be like, just for the record, it, it is precisely noon o'clock right now. Oh, that's true. You're in that other time zone. Yeah. But it would help uh, you. But cool you know down. what? It's five o'clock somewhere. It's always five o'clock. It is always five o'clock somewhere. And uh, none of the, if anybody has ever come up with a piracy measure, a, a piracy, uh, you know, stopping measure that actually worked, I'd like to know because I don't think it's ever happened. Yeah, it's it, value for value. And it's amazing now on these, uh, if you do a the, perusal. The, the model that we use for this podcast, please pirate this podcast all you want. We just ask that you send value back. Right. And let everybody else know about it and send it to them. And that's the way the whole system works. But looking at all like the torrent sites, there's no uh, shortage of software. But the thing you have to look out for is. Most of them now are trying to steal your crypto by giving you free software. It's become a little more common, which is why, you know, you can run a, uh, um, a sandbox, <laughs> which you know. is why you never, never pirate on your raspberry Pi That's running your node, right? That's exactly it. And if you're going to open up stuff, you have a virtual machine, open it up. And because a sure telltale, uh, telltale sign is when you click the exe, on the pirated software and it appears that nothing happens at all. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what did that just install? Uh-huh. Something <laughs> happened and you may have a problem if you're not sandboxing that stuff, but that's the beauty of it all. It'll be interesting to see where, I mean, I don't know if it'll happen in our lifetime, but all this stuff with music copyright. Um, I, I thought it was kind of funny. I did see a quote the other day from, I don't remember if it was Lars or somebody else from Metallica that was like, we told you like 20 something years ago, this stuff was fucked up and nobody believed us that the whole music industry was about to crash because of digital. And, and does anybody remember 20 years ago when the music industry did crash? Uh huh. Yeah. I don't either. Well, they're making uh, 
less money, but I don't know if that's necessarily uh, uh, oh, Metallica. Lars is making less oh, no, no, money. Not Metallica. Excuse <laughs> me while I get my violin out. The music industry as a whole. Lars is doing okay. Uh, any band that's touring venues the size Metallica is, they're doing quite all right. There's any yeah, anybody who who thought that the music industry was doing fantastic back in the day was either a a record company engine uh, executive, right, or was experiencing selection bias because yeah, I know enough people that in the record industry they're like, yeah, even when it seems like they're doing good, they're not making money. Yeah. I, be, the the way you know the way that the recording industry always brought in new talent was by showcasing their hits it's like look if you come and sign away everything you've ever done to us you could maybe become the next taylor swift or whoever and yeah it, it's 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 selection bias it's survivorship bias it's it's 99.999% of all the acts walk away destitute and not even owning anything that they've ever done. And then that, that one in a hundred thousand that makes it big and gets all of the studios promotion dollars behind them is huge. Like that's not what that is. That's an advertisement for the studio to try to bring in new talent to farm. Oh, exactly. And uh, Murray is absolutely right the way you're making money now is touring because streaming has really while it it, while it has helped you know when you look at things like youtube to get people who have never been heard out there the spotify services it's like if you can listen to taylor swift or the beatles or whatever your big favorite artists are the fringe artists are never going to see any money because the big artists are rarely getting money from the streaming services where you know, back in the day, back when CDs were being sold, and this I think is the biggest difference, that if you're a very small artist, you are never going to make anything off the streaming. But when CDs were being sold, and let's just make it easy and say CDs, they're making, if you put it out yourself as an artist, you can make 10 bucks. So maybe you're selling the CD for 15 and you've got your overhead and you're producing your stuff. And I know back in the day, artists were making like a buck but if you were small and you had a fan base that you knew would buy you had say uh you know five thousand fans that would every year buy one of your cds for 10 bucks it's like well then you could make 50 grand a year you know what i just realized i i I just came to an interesting point that we're doing a grumpy old ben show no i never i i still haven't figured that (laughs) one out yet uh this this might be kind of a let them eat cake moment but what you, you, your point about the only way that they can make money is touring. Um, I, I have, and you and I have had the, had the argument before, uh, about passive income and how one of the reasons why I think copyright is so abused is because if you have a hit song, you can sit back and literally sit on your ass for the rest of your life and draw a steady paycheck by something else happening and you're not doing anything to make it. That's passive income. And touring is uh, a a thing that those of us who aren't rock stars might be a little bit familiar with called working for a living (laughs) going out. And right. And these poor starved artists are having their entire world torn apart because their passive income streams are failing. and 
they're finding that if they want to keep living the lavish lifestyle that they're having or the booberry lifestyle, I don't judge, then they're going to have to go and work for it. They might actually even have to do something once in a while. How horrible is it that you, if you want to keep making a paycheck, you have to keep playing music. Hey, How crazy is that? What kind of concept, what kind of world do we live in where people have to go out and work in order to get paid? Did you know podcasters tour too now? I do. What do you think we've been doing for 184 episodes? No, I mean, they actually tour like Jimmy Dore, the guy he's you know on YouTube. But I saw he was playing in a venue here. Uh, Kevin Smith has been doing it, granted, a little bit of a different aspect because he brought a little more to this because uh, people were paying to see him. Hey, I, I long tour before too. podcast. <laughs> I tour all the way from here over to the coffee pot. But these are people are actually showing up at a venue to watch people do a podcast, which I'm thinking <laughs> is like the greatest gig ever, ever if we could figure that one out. Yeah, the, the, the P.T. Barnum line is coming to mind. But you know what? Yes. If, we can get, if we can somehow monetize this. There's a sucker born every minute, and we'd like to know if you're out there. Yes, Come. and any suckers, feel free to boost. Yeah, boost, 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 or just go over to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate and support the show. I mean, we are a value for value podcast, and uh, CSB keeps threatening to support our show if it's more popular than Planet Rage, because I guess he hasn't yep. figured out you can spend uh, $2 on each show. I, I cannot compete with Larry. I don't even want to try <laughs> the low voice, the low spark of high heel Larry. I mean, that is what you get over at Planet Rage. But we do have a couple of people to thank today, including Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley, who is one of the uh, the patron saints of podcasting. Now, he's joining Jay Finley up there with guys that have really put a lot towards all of these smaller podcasts that are out there and helping support them. And it's very much appreciated. And he boosted us the other day, 66,666 sats. I don't know if there's a message to the uh, six, we, six, six, well, six, I, six. Either, either he's calling us satanic or he knows that it's going to be split. And therefore we each get 33, 33. Yep. Oh, there you go. That's probably more likely because I don't, yeah, that, that feels like, and that's the one that doesn't result in me being the devil incarnate. So I'm going to go with it. Yeah. And that's like 1337 today. So that's not bad in a sats donation. Uh, Booberry came in of the, you know, and he did, he did have grumpy old boost as the, uh, as the comment line, which is better than some of the comments we've gotten with boostergrams. I mean, you all can up your game. I mean, at least add something funny to the show. If we're going to interrupt with a boostergram, I mean, do a better job, be entertaining. Um, but Boobery came in. This was during the I last did, show. I, I, I just want to point out, you did stop the show earlier for the comment, but pirates. Yeah, I know. So the, the bar is pretty fucking low. <laughs> we want better, though. We want better. I uh, came in during the last show. We didn't see it because it was during the last show. But Boobery, the Mothman of the Miniocalypse, you may know him from such shows as Rare. No, not. I always want to put him on Rare Encounter. Maybe <laughs> I just, Why? I don't Why know. do you hate Booberry so much? I don't know. It's like, I mean, it's no, it's behind the squeams and the uh, that other show that they do, Misinformation. I always want to put him on Rare Encounter, though. I don't know why. And I don't know if that means I well, want to it, add it's him. Booberry of Battle of the Douchebags. Yeah, I don't know if, if we should like add Boo to Cold Acid and Abel Kirby on Rare Encounter or if like Rare Encounter yeah. needs to kill off one of the other co-hosts. Do, do you think we should? 
talk to Abel Kirby and Cold Acid before we start adding hosts to their podcast. Maybe a little. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they'd like a little menage with Boobery. Who knows? They're weird guys over at Rare Encounter. But Boobery, behind the screams, but you spell scenes with threes and you'll just... You'll do a search. You'll find it. Or, or loveislit.com. That's that's the place. Oh, see, that's way easier. But we appreciate the support, Boobery. And uh, Blue Douche then came in during show, between shows with 5,000 stats that just says uh, G-O-B. Yeah. I think that's kind of like Love is Lit, too. But uh, if you want to help us out, if you want to support the show, grumpyoldbens.com slash donate. That's the place you go. Find out all of the information. It's a beautiful thing. This podcasting. 2.0 this world where not all podcasts make zero where nobody ever supports the show where nobody ever asked there was talk in the troll room earlier when we were talking about the satoshis that there are some platforms now that will pay people to go to websites and listen to podcasts and all this kind of stuff which i'm thinking this is a very interesting uh way to market your show which is it'll pop up i would guess on these same apps that we're now using to stream Satoshi's to us, which is, hey, listen to Grumpy Old Ben's and earn 10 sats a minute. I mean, I don't know what. Hey, how you that's can, my racket. I don't know how you can guarantee that people actually listen to the show, but or not just start it to take what? the sats. I th- this is this is starting to sound a little like the ad model. Uh-huh. And you I know, think here, look, uh, wa- watch our three minute ad and you can gain uh shit coins in your browser yeah the only way you get the sats though should be if you can answer questions after about the content you just listened to i'm pretty sure those that that survey would be nsfw for this show boobery says that's fountain fm that's doing that so this there's a lot of people trying a lot of different things in this particular space and it's going to be interesting to to see where it goes we have a live live boostergram Uh uh-oh blue douche Another 5,000 modem squeak and intro destroyed my reading comprehension. I don't think your reading comprehension was ever that good. Blue douche. It's always my reminder that, that it's time to turn down the headphones. Well, yeah, you don't want to go deaf. Uh, Yeah. And I don't, I'm wearing cans and I don't want the cat in my lap to freak out. I mean, that's all you're wearing when it's 80 degrees and there's cans, but that's a a visual image that the folks didn't want. Yeah. Why, why are you doing this? There's no robe when it's 80 degrees. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, Yeah. That is all. Yeah, I'm boost saying. if you want pictures of Sir Bemrose in nothing but cans. Yeah, just just boost him though. I don't want to. I don't want as, as all donations dry up permanently. I don't, don't want to sully my hands with uh, with that kind of stuff. But there was some other fun stuff going on in the tech industry, like Russia fining Google for spreading unreliable information, defaming the Russian army. I thought that was fantastic. I, that sounds reasonable to me. This Google is what has been a fountain of misinformation for years now. Uh-huh. But this is just really interesting with all of the fake news crap. And you can't believe anything you hear, anything you on, see on a search engine or anywhere, really, but especially on a search engine. Uh, the search engines are still the same old thing where there are companies out there who do nothing all day long except try to figure out how to beat the search engine and how to get you know, charge people yeah. to get their links Be- to the top because there's money in it. It's called capitalism. Oh, right. We want socialism then, right? Is that what we want? Yeah, we want socialism where nobody has any ambition and all humans are replaced with ants and wasps because that's really the only way that it can work. Otherwise, a black market will appear and capitalism just pops out anyway. Ooh, 
Another article I knew you'd like was from Tech Radar, which says you're although you don't use Gmail, but I'm assuming this is going for not just Gmail, but probably a lot of different spam filters in the industry. But it says your Google and Gmail inbox could soon be chock full of political campaign emails. Could soon. Uh, Well, they're saying this is because of the fact that there were so many lawsuits out there and allegations that people like Google were only blocking the emails, political emails from Republican candidates. I was going to say it's you're getting political message all the damn time. It's just Google censors half of them. And so you only get one sided right now. Exactly. That is a uh, canned chimp says one, two, three, four, five sats. I'm here for the cans. Uh, you're at the right show. Then you're at the right show. But the Republican email. So this I can see as a thing because we all know that the tech giant companies all lean towards the liberal side of things. It appears so it doesn't really take a genius to figure out they're probably fudging a little bit. And trying to help the people with the ideology that they you don't believe say. In. Yeah. You, you mean like, like the CEO of one of the biggest social media companies who uh, went out and spread uh, hundreds of millions of dollars to Zuckbucks. Yeah. To, to buy. Well, I don't necessarily want to say buy mules because that hasn't technically been proven in court, but that's kind of what they were doing. Yes. It looks that way. Ballot harvesting, though, was legal in these areas, which doesn't make it right. No, no. One thing that I've often said on this show, uh, and what is ethical and what is legal are not uh, not always the same thing. Well, which is uh, a major thing that people are missing in a lot of this stuff, including the abortion issue, which has just been beat to death. And oh, my God. But people don't understand You know, I came prepared to talk about the abortion thing and still not wanting to. I know it's just, you know, the only thing it comes down to with me is that the federalist system is there for a reason and people are going nuts for the wrong reasons. You know what? I, I am, I am absolutely on board with this decision and not touching the abortion issue at all for one very simple reason. And that is, uh, taking power away from the federal level and returning it to the state level makes for better government period yes because it is more based on the will of the people locally in that state get to vote and they get what they want in that so it's like this is actually sending it back to the state level the folks that say they're pro-choice they're really not because they don't want anybody to have a choice they want to force you upon their ideology Rather, what this does, as you said, sending it back from the federal to the state level is every state now has their choice of they can do whatever they want. And right now, as far as I can tell, there are only three states out of 50 that are considering an outright abortion ban. I, you know, depending on how you measure it, you know, some states have this and some states there's I mean, you know, several states had trigger laws. I haven't been following closely, so I'm not sure I'll take your word for the the three state thing. What I saw was that there were 14 states that were putting in some kind of restrictions, which might also be true. What I do know is there will always be somewhere you can go where people think like you. And that might be a veiled suggestion that all of you idiots get your asses back to California if you 
anyway. but they're protesting in California. It's like you can no, you can go kill all yeah, the babies go, go you want. Burn down California because <laughs> you can't you can't kill children in Utah. We're okay with that. Yes, yeah, and I uh, appreciate people like uh, Governor Christy Nome who was on Bill O'Reilly's program, and he's like, well, you know, your state is trying to be one of these that it puts a lot more restrictions on abortion. And he's like, well, what do you think about the, uh, you know, a woman under rape or incest, would that be something that you would, you know, want an allowance made for that? And she said, no, I don't know. Was she into it? No, she oh. said no to that. I mean, she's no, like, no, I, just, I mean, but this is it. She's was, you know, sticking to her moral code, which is, you know, I would rather not. She's like, but I'm not the people that make the laws that is up to the legislature in uh in her state as it is in every other state but you know some people if you are very religious you're gonna say no i don't think this is ever a good thing and to me the biggest uh, disconnect is that nobody's even having the conversation anymore it used to be where does life begin and that was the big disconnect you know it was how early or how late now it is like it's never life it's just what should be okay to kill a baby no matter what and how late it is and it's well i can get on board with that how about abortion through 18 years well that's it it's like right now that's, how about that's like late 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 term abortion yeah your your kid pisses you off you're like but i'm a teenager yeah i to brought you into this world i can take you out of it exactly it's a bill cosby line and he's in a little trouble but that that was also my my dad used that line <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah where he maybe him and bill were hanging out you never know oh my god that would explain so much about my dad oh wait <laughs> But so, yes, you might be getting more political. I wondered why all of those those drugged women were. uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. I know. Poor Bill. I mean, really, did is there any real proof? Uh, I don't know. It's one of those stories. I always said, if if you could pull this off on Bill Cosby, you could do it to anyone. Now, it was a very weird this most recent story, which was that he brought a couple of 16 year old girls to the Playboy Mansion. Nothing good's going to come of that. Nothing good's going to come of that. And you heard Donkey Kong a lot. Possibly some very attractive images, which you can get you arrested if the FBI finds them on your hard drive. Exactly. Um, But the defense was that the girl said, well, you know, this happened after we were in the game room playing Donkey Kong. And then, of course, the Bill Cosby attorneys are like, well, this was 1976 and Donkey Kong wasn't available until 81 or whatever it was. And I mean, these are the kind of things that are one maddening, but also the details do matter. She then, you know, the woman said, well, I was just saying, you know, it was it was a video game. I was just saying Donkey Kong is, you know, it's kind of like somebody would say Kleenex, I guess, which is like, that's not the same thing. I mean, you don't just use, I've never heard anybody just refer to any video game as like, I was playing Donkey Kong. I will give her, I have heard a lot of people call seven ups and stuff a Coke because for whatever reason in there, yes. you know, it's, it's the local thing. But because there's, yes, there's uh, in, in certain areas of the country, there uh, is a genetic deep disposition to not be able to tell the t- difference between a lemon lime right. and uh, cola. Right. It's all the same. It's all just a Coke. And uh, even all the different flavors, they're all Cokes. But it is to me, it's like, okay, one, that part didn't make any difference whatsoever. Once you saw 
that there was a photograph of him with the girl in the Playboy Mansion in 1976. To me, what video game was there is irrelevant at that point once you see that happens. Once it's proven that he brought her to that location, to me, that's enough. And that detail should have never been brought up. And it, it, this is the kind of thing that adds to these stories. Like you have to get every last detail right if you're going to convict somebody of a crime most of the time. And rightfully so, because it, otherwise it helps with that whole presumption of an presumption of innocence thing. Yes. Right. It helps being able to say, well, no, every point of her story, we can't refute it. But the minute you can refute one little thing, that's pulling that first thread and everything kind of hangs together. But, uh, you know, I digress. And we only go down those rabbit holes because your dad said the same thing as Bill Cosby. <laughs> yes. That's the yes. beauty of this whole show. You never uh, and know what where. you just, just described is also one of the reasons why I'm a lawyer or why I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> well, which is it, uh, counselor? Are you oh, a lawyer? It depends on which day you ask and who I'm trying to mess with. You know, and these are things that are important I, now. Actually, the, you know, I, I honestly believe I could be a lawyer. I have the kind of analytical mind that that will totally ant fuck people on details if it gets me my way. But I don't have any respect for the law. Well, and that's well, it's because like, the I have fact, respect for what's right, but not not what's anyway. Right. Well, it's again, it's because of the system, which is necessary. And it was built in such a way that you need a preponderance of evidence before you're going to put somebody away. Of course, now nobody's getting charged with anything. Uh, I know in, in criminal law, I'm pretty sure it's beyond a reasonable doubt. You know, preponderance and, of evidence is a, a lesser requirement. You know, until you go into the civil courts and all of that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. A, and uh, again, and, you know, nothing you hear on Grumpy Old Ben's is legal advice because neither of us actually has a clue what we're talking about. That's true. That's why we're on a podcasters. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, do you see the uh, story? Massive trove of gun owners, private information leaked by California Attorney General. That is, that is, believe it or not, one of only three stories in my notes file. Well, you see, and this I was, is I was guy. trying to decide whether to get in on that one or not, because it's not particularly technical, but it did infuriate me. Well, this is what's well, kind of technical in the sense that it was a, an alleged, you know, another one of these database leaks. Uh, alleged. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of these these uh, the attorney general's aide grabs the database and puts it on a hard drive and kind of sends it over, hands it over to the journalist and like, um, you didn't get this from me. Right. That's what it seems like. Like, don't. Uh, yeah. Now, the fact that, you know, at first, you know, just glancing this and I saw, well, this is a bunch of gun owner information from the state of California, whatever jurisdiction this was in. Yeah, um, it, it's it, uh, this database was created because California managed to convince everybody that, uh, oh, if if you own a gun, we just need to put that information in a database with your your name, your home address, your phone number, everything, every way to contact you, uh, your current schedule, all times of day. But don't worry, we'll never use this information against you. We just want. And then, by the way, only recently, Gavin Newsom signed an order that said uh, we're going to hand over the entire database to people who are researching doing research on gun violence yeah yeah because that'll never be used in a biased method well did you see the worst part of all of this which was 
that part of what was in this database was the type of permit issued. Which doesn't sound like a big thing, except this. There are it tells people what kind of guns you have and whether you're worth robbing. Oh, no, this is even worse. There are special permits for judges and law enforcement officers. And that is in this database. Oh my God. So now there is a whole bunch of judges and cops whose home addresses have been leaked. Yes. Like, this is not good. This is not good. I, I, this, I mean, that's the chilling I'm part amazed, of this. I, I'm amazed that something like this didn't happen before because of the government's, um, whether you call it sheer incompetence or pure corruption, uh, you know, it, take government out of it. What is the one constant we know whenever somebody goes out and collects a huge database on people? Oh, it's is coming that out. Eventually, <laughs> it will either leak or it will be sold. Oh, yeah. Or both. It. Yeah, sometimes both in either order, but now it's the government, which means that they will come to your house and shoot you if they, if you opt out of it, because that's, you know, the only thing the government knows how to do is use violence to coerce people. That is when, when you look at every single government action, ultimately, that is the only thing they are capable of doing is using violence to coerce people and take their rights away. That's it. And now they're coming out and saying, uh, if you are exercising a constitutional right, we're going to make a database on you. And anybody who understands how databases work in 2022 knows damn well that database will eventually become public or go into the wrong hands. And if you're even remotely like I am, you already know that the government is the wrong hands. Yeah, that's not the uh, the most secure place to have your information. It, yeah, it was. I mean, the fact that it very much looks like this was intentional is just icing on the cake. But uh, see, this is why I have so many boating accidents in my history, uh-huh. in, in my past. The whole outing gun owners is bad enough and horrible. But once you realize you're outing judges and cops and any other law enforcement people in the state, uh, you're putting a target on them, which I mean, it's one of those things. Something like this happened in Illinois, too, which was a leak of people who had FOID cards, which I do. And my wife does. So, I mean, I don't know if this makes your home more um, you know, desirable for criminals or less. I mean, one, they can go, hey, maybe I'll break in and be able to steal some guns. But on the other side of that is, hey, maybe I'll break in and catch a few bullets. <laughs> yeah. The, the only silver lining to this entire thing is that you, you painted a target on the backs of people that you know for certain are armed. Yes, they're armed and most likely dangerous. But hey, that's Chicago for you. I mean, we're just well, trying to catch that, up. Yeah, Chicago, armed and dangerous. Welcome to Chicago. Should put that on. Yeah, the, the welcome to Chicago sign at the ed- edge of the city. Welcome to Chicago, armed and dangerous. Yeah, come for the abortions, get killed on your way out. Come, come for the abortions. Stay because you got shot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, another story from Breitbart. China's TikTok flooding American users with ads for predatory payday, payday loan companies. I mean, that's always good. But again, okay. why are we surprised by this? Why? Are, I mean, again, this is China. Yeah. I, I mean, YouTube has done it for quite a while. Um, the you know, local billboards 
flood people with it. I don't know. Yeah. Why not China? How do people not know that payday loans are uh, predatory? What the, do you the mean? The industry has been around for 40 years. Wow. Really? I mean, those 40% interest payments that I have to make are, yeah. those are bad. I, you know, the, the, when, when you get to the, I, I understand that a lot of people kind of gloss over math. No, the math isn't taught in schools. So when they see the part where it's like, you know, we'll give you $10 today and you'll pay us back $50 later. I understand a lot of people can't really make that comparison, but you'd think that if you got through the paperwork to the part that says we'll break your knees if you don't pay on time. Wait, is that, that in some the, people might is that in the terms of service here? Let me look here. Uh, yeah. Guido put it in. <laughs> wow. That seemed like it was a possibly uh, racially motivated uh, comment there. And no, it was pretty unmotivated. <laughs> well, this is the problem, isn't it? We need to be more motivated and get more things going here on Grumpy Old Ben's. Wait, I had uh, I had only one more thing, and this is just a PSA to all of the people still running Windows 8.1, which means it's a PSA to me. And yeah, I was going to say, who else? else? Who else is running that? Uh, in, uh, in, in, nobody uh, that. Uh, Microsoft is now pushing out an update, which will turn Windows 8.1 into Nagware for the next <laughs> six months. Windows 8.1 is going to periodically pop up a, a system level dialogue box that you have to click away that says, hey, by the way, you're going to go out of support in January of 2023. Make sure you upgrade which is bullshit because uh, Windows 10 is, or 11 is not a fucking upgrade. But um, <laughs> but that's a matter of opinion, which is all we deal with on this show. And, you know, to a certain extent, I will give Microsoft a slide only because of the fact that I don't think companies should be forced to continue maintaining security patches for software forever. But if you want to keep using it, I mean, that should also be up to you. Well, to the best of my knowledge, and, and I kind of only skimmed the article. I ran out of time this morning uh, working on a podcast that wasn't this one. Hey, Angry uh, Tech News, angrytechnews.com. To the best of my knowledge, uh, it is just going to create a nagware, which is going to infuriate people like me who well, really like just me. I mean, there is no other people. But like can't me. you write a script to get a, to need to denag the naggers? It's not a script. It's it's called find the right executable and delete it. Ah, but, that's it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it I, I'm sorry. I have an issue with annoyware. Anything that pop like modal dialogues in general all need to burn in hell right next to the programmers who wrote them. But anything that just decides to nag you for no reason at all is, is terrible UI. And yeah, I get it that Microsoft would really like you to get back to paying them for their subscription OS. But there, there's a, you know, if, if I'm still on Windows 8, today there's got to be a reason why i haven't gone to windows 10 but aren't they still free upgrades for all this stuff it hasn't been a free upgrade since the first year no i think they still were if you just did it in the right way but i mean well, that's well yes it's called piracy and yes no, that does work no you can still scam them into it with the uh with the updates oh there's I think. probably some like oem or educational licenses or something like that there, there's very little. The only things more complicated than Microsoft licensing is U.S. tax code. Yeah, which is always fun. But yeah. anyway, um, that was a PSA that nobody other than me needed to hear that it is. Uh, if you don't want Windows 8 to become permanent nagware, then just stop updates now. 
and uh, reach out to Ryan if you want to start a Windows 8.1 group of uh, of users. There's yes, some support group where we're commiserating uh-huh. that, you know, honestly, other than a few video games that I still like to play and probably could get rid of, the only thing keeping me on Windows 8 now on Windows at all is the Motu. Yeah, the uh, it's not available for Linux. I know people keep saying there are drivers. I've never uh, really looked. Well, yes, deep but every enough. for every person that says there's a Motu driver for Linux, there's somebody else who says that you know it craps out or doesn't work, or or somebody who tries to connect to the No Agenda stream and then completely blue screens their system, that borks it, and then it doesn't come back on until you reboot it. Yeah, but I still with this. There's been a lot of talk. Adam Curry of No Agenda now using or at least testing out one of these Roadcaster two. De- there's what is the Roadcaster Pro version two or something like that. Whatever yeah, it's called. It, it sounds like they finally got Adam's seal of approval by getting rid of the loopback. And I right, and I still want to know though what this device can do better than the Motu, which is smaller, self-contained. Besides having this little eight buttons on there. I I still give it maybe two or three more shows before we get a spectacular and worth listening to on air rant from Adam <laughs> about how something the roadcaster did makes it absolutely completely a useless device that is unsuitable for all podcasting. And, you know, maybe it won't happen and maybe he'll just love it forever. But uh, I, I look forward to Adam becoming disappointed with his technology because He's almost as entertaining as I am when, when a piece of audio <laughs> gear fails on him. Well, especially mid show. Yes. You know what, what basically that would do it. The, uh, the device failing mid show and a reboot of the device losing every preset that was in there. That would be enough to, uh, that would be enough to do it. The, no, uh, Oh, if he loses his presets, uh-huh. it's, it's all over. You know, the Motu though, it's like, I forget it's even here because I now, have the Motu because it's strong enough. This thing is a metal box on the one that I've got, which is the MK4, which they don't make anymore. Those bastards. Yeah, but it's a metal case and it's strong enough to sit underneath one of my 19 inch monitors. So it's like it's not even having any audio device. It's taking up zero space on my desk like these roadcasters. They take up a lot of space. And I, I, I haven't looked how what, what are the rough dimensions of that? Uh, I would think if you took two normal sized mouse pads and put them next to each other, that would be about what this footprint is. Oh, that's huge. That's like the size of my DBX. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That's probably about almost that. I mean, the DBX is this size, at least partly because it's got the, the it's designed for rack mounting. Exactly. Which is on but, the other but side. It's, but it's sitting underneath my 19-inch monitor right now. Right. Well, this is it. On the other side, I've got two 19-inch monitors on either side. Well, one 19-inch mon- monitor on either side of my main 24-inch monitor. And on the left, underneath the monitor, is the Motu box. And on the right is my Symmetrix channel strip. And then the Aphex 204 with big bottom. And uh, I just put some nice legs little rubber feet on the bottom of them so it doesn't move around which which is great because rack mounted stuff just isn't meant to sit right on the desk uh, no it's it tends to be real slick when set on other things uh-huh so i got some big rubber feet and i put them at the bottom of the monitor and at the bottom of the apex and at the bottom of the other channel strip and so that way they get some airflow but it's like it all just disappears it doesn't really get in the way 
and it does everything. That's it. I mean, I am such a gear nerd that if this device actually did something cool, I'd be like, oh, I want it. I don't care if it's six or 700 bucks. I'd be like, hey, give us more boosts. I need more audio gear. But I can't figure out what it does. Okay. Better. Stop lying to our listeners. Of course, you need more audio gear. You always need more audio gear. Exactly. More audio gear is always better. And the right processing is better. The the RX, uh, the Isotope, I think, yeah, Isotope RX vo- voice denoise plugin that I've been trying the last few episodes is fantastic. If you listen to the latest Planet Rage from this week, Larry sounds better than ever. And is that even possible? I think it is. I, this is better than ever because we got on the show and he was having weather like you. I guess the whole West Coast is in a heat wave. And he's like, oh, you know, sorry if you could hear that. And I could because I'm like, well, there's something weird. There's like some static or something. But he was running, you know, the ACs like because it's like a thousand degrees. You're like, well, I can turn it off. I'm like, no, don't don't turn that off for an hour and 15 minutes, whatever the show is going to be in sweat. I'm like, I've got a new filter. I want to try this out anyway. You know, I have to respect and pity any podcaster who's like, I'm going to turn off the AC and sit in this airstream for the next three hours (laughs) And, and swelter. I mean, I've heard a lot of podcasters, including our favorites, John Fletcher and Carolyn Blaney from Hog Story. They're like, I'm going to turn the air off so it doesn't show up on the recording. And yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's noise gate or bust. Yeah. For me, it's like if it's over 65 degrees and you're screw that, I'm running the AC. And uh, use your use your tools to uh, to minimize that. And that is the one place that I'm seeing an issue still. And I don't know. If this setting is changeable on the new device, the new road device that Adam Curry is using is that I'm hearing more room reverb from him. And it's what I hear on the Roku or the, uh, I'm sorry, not the Roku, the the Motu. Yeah. I can hear it on the Roku if you play it through the Roku, but on the Motu. (laughs) If you play it loud enough, you hear it on the Roku. Right. On the Motu, I notice that if I turn my noise gate on the Motu off from my microphone, I will hear more of the room reverb, which is something that the analog gate that I'm using isn't fast enough or whatever, but I've noticed a combination using just the slightest amount of a noise gate on the Motu really minimizes that. And that's the biggest difference between Adam using the Motu and using the road is that there's more room reverb. And I think it's possible that the noise gate on that unit is just not good enough, just not fast enough that it's leaving that behind. And to me, that's a huge issue, but it could all be fixed in the post. But if you're not doing post, it's, uh, you know, nobody it, fixes anything in post. This is podcasting. I always fix it. Well, I don't fix it in post. I just massage it in post. Most podcasters don't know what post is. That's true. They're like, what? I just recorded. I put it up. Yeah. Isn't that everything? They're like, we're, we just pipe discord into audacity and then export it as MP3. It's all good. Right. Sometimes we adjust the levels between the two speakers. Sometimes we don't sometimes never. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed that we were I, even with this, even with the Motu, we're not even using, we've never used a, uh, a live leveler. And I still think we do pretty damn good, but there is a live leveler, which I've never even played with. I, I, you know, I, you know that I would never want to cast aspersions on our very fine community here, but let me just tell you that if I have to crank the volume up and down every time that your podcast switches speakers, then you're probably not getting on the stream. It's well, they shouldn't be, and they should be publicly flogged. Exactly. So 
God damn it, Abel Curry. Oh, wait, no, I, I wasn't going to say who. <laughs> wait, does Abel have a problem? Is he too quiet or is cold ass? Oh, he has too- lots of problems, actually, though, but their their audio quality isn't really one of them. <laughs> it's just their content. <laughs> no, I, I mean, didn't say that. I mean, Rare Encounter is a great show available night, Wednesday nights live on the No Agenda stream. And they only go with, for an hour. They're very good with that, though. They're like, we have, uh, we have our time and then they're done. Where we, yeah, I was going to say, they, yeah, they're, with, yeah, they are, they're way better than us at, at keeping to a time slot. I was just kind of calculating in my head and totally failing at it. Um, they're coming up in only a few hours, aren't they? Yeah, it's about three o'clock it is now. It's so weird to be doing this on, you know, we, back in the day, we used to do this show on Mondays and Fridays and, and both of those slots have been taken up by other shows now. And they're horrible shows. I will tell you. Well, I agree, but I wasn't going to say that because the, the host might complain. Not, not why. I mean, Gene might, I mean, he's Russian though. So you want to be careful that Friday show, it's all just Russian uh, propaganda. Well, what's he going to do? You know, pro- do sanctions against my government. Oh. <laughs> I will, I will send bomb. I don't know why I keep sounding more like a CSB <laughs> instead of, uh, Instead of Gene. No, you're, you're, you're talking, you're trying to do Russian, not Polish. I know it's hard. Okay. But we have weeks full of podcasting excellence. We have a week full, which I mean, I guess it depends whether you start your week on Sunday or Monday, but on Monday we have planet rage live. And then uh, Monday night on the no agenda stream hog story Tuesday, we have uh, DH night also behind the schemes. So let's not forget them. Oh, that's right. They come out after the, yep. uh, the hog uh, Tuesday, I know we have DH unplugged. Was there anything else on Tuesday? Uh, uh, bowl after bowl. Oh, right. Sir Spencer right and Dame unplugged. DeLorean. Yep. And uh, Wednesday, obviously, now we've totally screwed up with Grumpy Old Ben's Rare Encounter and anything after Rare Encounter. Uh, Well, Nick the Rat, but who's counting? Well, he's still doing that show? <laughs> Hell yes. Wow. He's still, he's still occasionally passing out drunk at the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why there's all new systems going in. To make sure we can oh, reclaim the stream. He's had some really good interviews. I mean, he's still doing, he's chugging along with a great show. Nick does Nick. He does Nick better than anybody else does Nick. Uh, Thursday, then, there's, uh, Thursday, the morning, there's in the morning, there's that one show that I always forget about. Right. The one before no agenda. Yeah. The uh, rock and roll pre-show. That's the one. Right. That guy's a dick. I know. But, but then no agenda comes music. out and everybody's happy. If if you just turn down when he starts talking, the music is pretty acceptable. It's a lot more fun that way. The uh, then there's nothing Thursday nights, is there? Wait, no, Hog Story goes Hog back Story. on Thursday night. Back on Thursdays. I mean, I should have this uh, actually opened up. It would be much easier. Friday the mornings we and have the only thing on Friday that matters is is Rhino the Bearded. No, it's unrelenting in the morning. Which God, I don't know why we're doing it at nine a.m. Central, but then. Uh, podcasting 2.0 is on the stream live, which I'm glad they finally started doing live. That is kind of cool. Yeah. It's a lot more fun because they get a lot of boostograms and stuff like that. Yeah. They make the rest of us feel like we're, we're scrounging over peanuts. No, somebody sent him 5 million Peter. I shouldn't say somebody. I know who it is. Peter, 5 million Satoshis. Uh, we're being, it's being reported. The hugs dropped the Thursday show. So does what? that mean that Booberry and Lavish are picking up that time slot? Wow, I didn't know. I mean, is there, are they doing it on a different day? Just going to one show on Mondays. Oh, my Whoa. goodness. Whoa, what happened? Is there a breakup? Is Once there a drama? out of bandwidth. No, oh, that could be. That could very well be. But now Fletcher's doing a uh, the folk hour, two-hour show on Sundays before the rock and roll pre-show. So there's four hours of music now, and he's doing yes. that with and the you, Reverend. You skipped Saturdays. 
And well, yeah, well, that's um, no uh, Saturday. Well, Canary uh, Cry, dumb mouth. Oh, Our that's right. Dumb mouth broadcasts in the morning on Saturdays. And then uh, Saturday afternoon, we get the Lotus effect with Phoenix and phone boy. Nice. And phone boy's talking slowly. Now I like it. Yeah, it's well, I, he's he's really changing a lot of how he's doing things because uh, all of the annoying things that you and I used to give him crap about and he'd just chuckle and keep doing it. Uh, Phoenix <laughs> is there in the same room. Right. That makes it better to slow him down. You get hit. Maybe a shock collar. Is she using a shock collar maybe on him? I don't know. Actually, it's even worse. She does the cooking. And oh. so she she controls what he's allowed to eat. Yeah, that'll do it. That will do it. But I like on a Sunday now that Reverend Doc and uh, Fletcher as Rusty Applebot. I don't know if that name changes throughout the show, uh, but I wish Fletcher would stop doing the voice. I don't. <laughs> I don't I mean, I don't like the voice. I think Fletcher. See, I, I've always wished that he'd stop doing the voice on Hog Story. Too. <laughs> I see on Hog Story, he's got such a radio kind of voice. He's got that low. Him and Larry, I think, have the lowest voices of anybody on the no agenda stream. And by going to the little, I'm going to be rusty apple bottom and listen to that picking. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it just doesn't do it for me. I, it takes away. I want to hear the Fletcher bass when he's doing that show. But, you know, there's good music. I like the picking. And yeah, it, 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 it makes you look forward to the music. Right. If it was just Fletcher doing his natural <laughs> voice, then nobody would want to hear the music. They'd be like, stop playing all that music. It's interrupting my listening to your dulcet tones. Right. That's what happens with me. It's like the ladies love it. You know, what can I say? Yeah, that's just, is that why people keep sending sats to to cancel your music? They're like, we want to hear you again. I think so. I don't believe you. We'll always take the sats. It's always a beautiful right. thing. But that's why everybody should check out the No Agenda stream. At one point, there's always something fun going on. And it and used to be I mainly am, not you know, live. I, I, I'm one of the people involved in setting this thing up. And I'm certain that I've missed a show. And if I did, then um, I don't want to hear about it right now. But yeah, there's always something going on. We have so many live shows. And even when there's not live shows playing, we've still got, uh, you know, all of these shows plus a bunch more that don't go live playing in the playlist that's like running Angry 24/7. Tech News. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like Bandrew says, like Random Thoughts. And, you know, uh, I should have done Angry Tech News live this morning. It really would have confused people. Would have been fun. Omaha, Sir Omaha says we missed the MMO show on Tuesday. That's uh, the No Agenda Millennial, right? That's oh, his. that's right. When I forgot about it. Yeah. See, I, 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 give the, I give these people the password and the keys to, to stream to the on the stream, and I forget who they are. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, who's this person on the stream? Did I ever talk to them? I don't know. Huh. Yeah. Well, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if it's it, on all the pirate sites. Like here, here's here's the latest right. Bond film, and here's you want uh, to, you know the Taylor Swift album, and here's the password to the new agenda stream. Right, you want to stream live to a whole new audience? Go here, and I know this to some people was like a whole big uh, commercial for other shows, but this is a great community, and everybody talks about the other shows. Everybody supports the other shows, and uh, you know, there's so Except much rare encounter. We don't support that. Apparently. Oh no, I would never support listening to rare encounter. I mean, donate to them, sure, but do don't listen. I mean, you've got to have boundaries. No question about it. No question about it. So, I mean, I think does anything else? Do we have anything else? Do we? Uh, no, I I think our show's been off the rails long enough, and more importantly, I'm about to hit my two hour pee break. Oh well, see, I had a whole big thing of uh, iced tea right before the show, and I was hoping that wouldn't happen. In it, it hasn't as of yet. So, uh, um, you just need a podcaster's friend. 
<laughs> somebody get somebody well, give him a big I, boost for uh, both of our cats now are short hair they're not nearly as absorbent as growly used to be no we'll see that as a shame but uh we hope everybody enjoys listening to the show when we do it live it's now wednesdays at uh, 1 p.m central do you like it a little bit later in the day now that you don't have to be bright-eyed and uh and bushy-tailed i just sleep in and so it's I'm the same just thing as, just as tired <laughs> it's the same about as sleep. Oh, that works that absolutely works. It really just means that I can stay up all night, you know, ganking fools on Xbox Live. Although I think those days are behind me. Uh, the ode to the, those halcyon days. The the fools on Xbox Live are all self-ganking now. <laughs> and with, I have nothing to say to that. With that, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac where we look forward to talking at you again soon. And from America's left coast, where if I'm honest, I let my Xbox live run out three months ago. I'm Brian Bemrose. Stop censoring me, Bemrose.